Hi, welcome to Cycling Talk Podcast with me, Georgia Mahaney. Today, I am joined once again by Tormund's rider and now two-time junior world champion, Zoe Backstead. Zoe was planning to ride junior Ghent Vevelgem this weekend, but due to a minor knee injury, she has decided not to start. I'm wishing Zoe all of the best with her recovery and I'm looking forward to seeing her start her road season soon. Thank you so much to Zoe for coming back on the podcast and thank you so much to Emma and Maz from Bespoke M for all of the work that they've done to help organise interviews for me and all of the work that they do for women's cycling. Thank you for joining me today, Zoe. Thanks for having me again. So you're now two-time world champion Zoe Backstead. Are you used to hearing that yet? Um, I mean, not really. It's only been said to me a couple of times, like two-time world champ. And after the race in in America, I had a couple of people come up to me and go, wow, two-time world champ. And I kind of, I didn't believe it then. I don't believe it now because like, it's just such a surreal thing to happen, especially the Road Worlds one. It was a bit more of a shock to me. I knew going into the cross race that, I had a bit more of a chance because I'd been performing well over the season, but obviously I had COVID before, so didn't know what was going to happen. But yeah, two-time world champ, it's it's pretty cool. Let's go right back to the end of 2020. Your first ever and only junior women's World Cup race of 2020 was held in Tabor and you won. How did it feel to make history? I mean, that was pretty special because I, in my head when I was finishing, I actually didn't remember that it was the first ever junior world cup because they'd had um junior worlds the year before i think it was um i was like oh they've already had junior world cups blah 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 i was like didn't think anything of it and then someone said it to me after the race and i was like actually that is the first one like and then i was saying to my teammate i was like i am the only ever junior world cup winner right now and yeah, it was it was pretty cool to say. And the course there was it suited me quite well. So yeah, everything just nailed it down to the ground. Let's talk about some of your road and mountain bike events in the summer. In June, you won Junior Tour of Yorkshire. Can you tell me more about that race? Um, that was a, a pretty savage race, if I'm honest. Um, it was on part of the course that they used for um, Worlds in Harrogate. And there was one descent that was super, super, super sketchy. And there was a, a couple of big crashes, I think, because people came into it too quick and just ended up sliding out or things like that. But there was just one really, really, really long road uh, that was block headwind. And even when we were in the peloton, it was just so hard to ride. We were going less than 20 k's an hour along that road. Um, and then we got a tailwind and everything was great. But now it was one of my first races of the season, I think, and just kind of went out. It was a really sunny day. I remember that. And I kind of went there not knowing how I was going to do. Um, there was a time trial in the morning and literally like a couple of hours after the time trial, we had the road race. So it was a pretty stressful day, but um, it was actually really good and really fun. And I had a great time with everyone there and my legs felt good. And surprisingly, considering the time trial was up a hill, I did okay. I did all right. And then the road race, yeah, it was great fun, but came second in the end behind Millie Cousins. So that was a bit of a stinker, but yeah, she's, she's, it's Millie, isn't it? So <laughs> I was happy with that. 
You then went on to your first Sickle Classic, winning the juniors, followed by a win in the National Individual Time Trial. Were you feeling positive about your road season at that point? Um, yeah, I was. I mean, Sickle Classic was a strange one because I won it by a tyre width to the second junior girl. And I remember it was, they were the three of us were there and we finished within point point or point zero 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 of a second of each other if that makes sense so that one was a bit stressful for me coming over the line and I was like oh don't know if I got it but yeah I threw my back a little bit further than the others so that was that was Mm -hmm. good and then the time trial yeah I mean it's time trialing I love time trialing so it's an individual event just go full gas but I mean my season had gone well so far with Yorkshire with Sickle Classic and everything like that so yeah the National XC Champs were at Newnham Park in Plymouth and you finished with a third place in the junior women's category. Were you happy with this result? Um, I mean, I was super happy with that. I kind of, I went there not knowing how well I was going to do. Um, I kind of knew I wasn't going to win or get second because the two that got first and second are super strong and I trained with Ella McLean a fair bit on the road and mountain bike and cross, so... I kind of knew that I wasn't going to be able to stay with her, even if the course suited me. So to get third, I was still super happy with that. And I remember going down the rock garden on almost every lap apart from one. I rode it one footed because I absolutely I just messed up the, the corner leading into it. Um, so that wasn't ideal. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not exactly a mountain biker. So mm-hmm. to get third at nationals, I was pretty happy with that. Straight after this, it was the track nationals. How did you find changing bikes and disciplines in such a short space of time? I mean, for me, it wasn't that hard because I'm quite used to changing between discipline. Like in the week, I'll ride my road bike, my time trial bike and maybe my mountain bike for training. And then if I'm on track camp, I'll be on track bike and road bike as well every day. So it wasn't for me, it wasn't too much of a change, but it's just... For one, remembering I can't freewheel, um, going from riding wide bars to then the next day or something like that being on the skis. Um, it's quite quite a big change in width, but um, it's I ride the time trial bike enough and I ride the like my track bike enough with my petite bars on. So it was kind of normal for me, but yeah, still a little bit, just a little bit strange. It's fair to say the track nationals went well for you. You won the two kilometer individual pursuit in an unofficial world record time and then you won the Madison with Millie Cousins can you talk me through the event um so the individual pursuit I went there and first of all I didn't think I was going to be able to do any record of any sort um I kind of was just going for national record because it's a goal um to try and get around something I've got to aim for for when I'm riding but because the track it was on it's a sprinter's track I I was like looking at it I was like I didn't think I was going to get anywhere and I saw someone coming off the track beforehand and they'd done like I knew their time from the year before or from training and I looked at it and I went she's just gone quicker than she's ever done like that's the personal best for her and then I was like actually okay so maybe this this is a track I could break it on and I went out and I broke the world record unofficially, obviously, because there was no anti-doping, but it was just, it was just crazy because, yeah, it's a sprinter track. And I was like, 
it's just never going to be possible but I kept pushing and that was the result and then the Madison with Millie the next day I mean, it was great fun I always love a Madison but I've done it with Millie a couple of times before and we know we're a good pairing we work well with each other we've both got a bit of a sprint we've both got endurance in us so we can be thrown in at any time and it just works great you then headed off to the European Track Championships. Tell me about what it's like travelling and living with the other GB girls for events like this. I've got to say, last year's group of girls, we were we were pretty special. I think all in all that year, we spent maybe two, three months together, um, just training, racing, everything like that. So from Track Nationals, I went straight on to pre-Euros camp and from pre-Euros camp we stayed in a hotel in Manchester for five days um, all together training together everything like that and then we traveled to Appledorn for Europeans so I'd already spent two weeks with them before the Europeans but we all got along really well and we just had a great time with each other so um, that made it a lot easier but we just yeah when we're traveling like if someone needs to take time to themselves and just have five ten minutes on their own to just have their like just have their own their own space and everything like that then you have to respect that and I think we all did last year and I think that's what made us get along so well we all knew when we wanted to be with each other and when we want to be alone and if we wanted to go out riding on, on our own and just have our headphones in then then that worked out well as well and when we were in a hotel we made sure to each time change who we were rooming with so that we'd be with a different person each time and that just made it so much nicer because it's not, oh, you're with this person for every single camp. You get to change who you're with, adapt to different people, which is really good for the future if you're with the pro team as well. And from like following you on social media, it sort of seems like you guys had a really great time together. Yeah, we had a really good bond and it just made last year extra special. And it made the racing easier, if I'm honest, because we all got along no one argued with each other and like we knew who our strongest rider was and we knew who our weakest rider was and we'd help each other we'd help each other through everything and for the result we got in the team pursuit it all comes down to having spent so much time with each other and just getting along so well your amazing success that you'd had previously in 2021 continued in apple dawn and you and the team took the gold in the team pursuit and then you took another gold in the individual pursuit, both in new world record times. You then took a third gold in the Madison with Millie. What an incredible few days. Can you talk me through the races? Yeah, so the team pursuit, it, it felt like it took forever because we had to go through three rounds. Um, there's qualifying the first round and the final. We had plans going into it. We knew how to do everything and we were going for the first round when we have a team on the track because that's when you get the swirl um which is what Emma Trot kept saying to us every single session if we were going a little bit slower than normal when um we were training and we didn't have anyone else on track with us she was like just wait until Euros it'll be warm in the velodrome you'll have the swirl and everything will be okay so I think that's what was running through everyone's mind in the racing um for the team pursuit we were like we've got another team on track just let us just let us do our thing we all know how to do it we all we all ride the same pace we all hold the same pace and again we all work so well together and everything like that like my start it's not what they're used to because I'm a different starter I start really quick and then I 
I gradually slowed down to the right pace, which got the girls like it took them a, a little bit of time to get used to. But after a while, it was it was perfect. And um, we had everything nailed order. But yeah, just on race day, just making sure we were calm and just relying on everything that we'd done with Emma and knowing that our training had had worked. And yeah, we got the world record in team pursuit. But then what was next? I think it was individual pursuit was the next next day I want to say and I said to Emma I was like it was just me and Grace racing that day for for the girls so I said I just want my my time to myself in the velodrome I'm going to just put my headphones in I'm going to rudely ignore everyone so that I keep my like my head in in the right zone and just be ready for the race and it it worked out I kind of did ignore everyone I just got Emma to tell them but just leave her be if she needs anything done she'll come over to you and ask for it um and I just made sure that I was happy I was calm and everything went to plan that day anyway but yeah Madison <laughs> I mean Madison is carnage it's always carnage especially internationally because there's some riders that haven't done it before um and we had to go out I think it was the day after the IP we had to go on to track anyway and do I think it was just had to we just had to prove that we could do one change in the Madison and then we could come off the track but if we didn't do that one change then we wouldn't be allowed to start the next day for the race so we got that done and then yeah just went out and had fun in the Madison I mean riding with Millie again so that's always great and then we had Emma on the sideline shouting things to us and trying to give us some instructions and keeping us up to date with who's where and who's what and where the peloton is and everything like that but it was great fun and I think I had fun anyway. Don't know if Millie had fun throwing her into the race a couple of times, a little bit too fast maybe, but yeah, it was awesome. In September, you headed to Belgium for the Road World Champs. First up, the time trial and a silver medal. Tell me about the build-up and the race itself and how you felt to take away silver. First of all, to take away silver, I mean, on the podium and when the Russian crossed the line in first, I was disappointed. But then I did anti-doping and I came back to came back to the car and saw Maddie Leach. She was just waiting for me before we headed back to the hotel. And yeah, she was absolutely over the moon for me. And she was like so happy taking pictures of me on the turbo with my medal, everything like that. And it was like that moment I realized I was like, actually for my first ever world champs like silver isn't actually it's not that bad like I should be really happy with it so um my my feeling changed quite quickly let's say um and by the end of the night I was I was super happy with silver but yeah lead up for the whole race we stayed in Oudenard in my sister's old house and there was the five of us so the four of us that were racing and Emma we just stayed in the house for I think it was two weeks beforehand we had canals super close, which was perfect for replicating the course for the time trial. We had hills super close, perfect for replicating the road race, cobble climbs, tarmac climbs, you name it, good coffee shops, um, you name it, we had it. So we spent two weeks in Belgium training on similar-ish roads and just, again, bonding as a team. And I think that really helped for, for everything. Four days later, you had the road race. Can you tell me a bit about your time between the two races and how you recovered from the 
time trial and prepared yourself for the road race? Yeah, so the evening I got second in the time trial, my sister, well, that day my sister had been in hospital having an operation on a collarbone because she crashed two days before or something like that. Um, and anyway, they swung past the hotel and I said hi and saw my sister. So that was really nice to end the day like that because she's like, I love my sister so much. And it's it's really important for me to be able to see her after my big races. And she was super happy for me to get silver. But yeah, I kind of just, I saw them. I saw my sister, saw my mum, saw my grandparents. Um, and that was really nice for me to end that day because it just put my head in a happy place as well. Um, and then the next days, it was kind of just a case of wake up, have breakfast, go out on an easy ride, come back, chill and watch Netflix because because we were in the hotel as well. There's not really too much we could do. So it was literally a case of you get up, you train, you recover. That's it. Have mm -hmm. a cold bath if you need to have a nice warm shower as well. You know, just anything you can do to make your, make your body recover quicker. Um, and then it was like the days in between were just easy ride. And then I think I did on the Thursday, we did course recce. And I think that day we ended up doing two, two and a half hours almost, which was perfect as well, because it's just what I needed um, being a couple of days out from the race. So that worked, that worked great. And then day before, it's just a case of hour and a half down the canal, turn around, come back, like 45 minutes one way, 45 minutes back, a couple of sprints maybe a five minute progressive but just again keeping your head happy like I always say if I'm happy I do well in races and that's the main thing. Talk to me about the morning of the road race how were you feeling going into it and did you have a plan for the day? Well first of all we had to I think we had to leave the hotel at 5am so that wasn't the nicest of things to do on the like the day of world championships but Anyway, it was all part of the experience. And I think if anything had changed, then we could have had a different result. And it was all, it was worth waking up at quarter to five in the morning for a race. But yeah, we'd had a meeting the night before and we had plans. Um, the plan was for me to attack with a K to go, going over the last climb and try and basically hold off. And if I couldn't, if I couldn't get away, then we put me in for the sprint. And yeah, and there was like, obviously all the other girls had opportunities to attack as well. But um, if it was down to a sprint, I'm the strongest sprinter out of the four of us that were there. So it was me in for the sprint. And I said after the race, I think if it had been a sprint, I don't think I would have got it because the German girl who got third is insanely strong at sprinting. So, yeah, the outcome is the outcome. But yeah, mm. I'm super happy with it. And on race day, it was like, we woke up, we traveled in the camper, we had breakfast in the camper on the way there. And we have this one playlist that's about 45 minutes long um, that we created just for worlds, just some hype music getting us absolutely going. But it was so, so funny because we've got this like party music playing at 5 a.m. In the, in the motorhome. And we're all sat there basically without our eyes closed because we were tired. <laughs> but yeah, it's all part of the experience. And I mean, I was nervous. I think everyone else was a bit nervous for it because it was our first first world champs as a team. So we were all, we didn't really talk much and it was a bit stressful when we got to the start because it was pitch black outside. We couldn't see anything and everything was just having to be street lit and 
we were like do the mechanics sort our bikes do we do what do we need to do mm-hmm. and it was literally just a case of getting to kit and warm up and that was it um but yeah it was just it was an abnormal morning let's say but it was totally worth it it was an incredible race to watch and an incredible win to make you the junior women's road world champion how did it feel to receive the gold medal uh, um it was pretty surreal if I'm honest I didn't really know what to do with putting on the jersey I mean I've not been trained for this you know so I was like putting on the jersey and, and I was there trying to adjust everything I got for my birthday I got this bracelet the day before from my sister and my mum and my dad and I made sure that when I put the jersey on that I pulled that out from underneath the sleeve so that I could see it and then yeah getting getting the gold medal and putting that on that was absolutely crazy because I could see all my teammates on the side and I had so many fans on the side of the road screaming my name even like when I was on the podium and I could see my mum I could see my sister I could see my grandparents and I knew my dad was at home commentating on the race and he was so happy for me as well even (laughs) even though I hadn't spoken to him at that point I just knew he would be so it was like a case of I was almost crying again (laughs) um but I kind of held it back until afterwards but oh it's it's such an amazing feeling it was really nice actually watching that video of how excited your dad was um, when you won the race. Yeah, he, he didn't know whether to sit down, stand up, cry, scream. I don't <laughs> even know what, but it's it's a video. I absolutely love it. And he was so emotional over it. And it's just makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. I noticed that in the race, every time... Uh, someone tried to make an attack in the peloton one of the British girls would always like shut it down it must have been so nice to have such a great team behind you for that yeah I mean if I'm honest I don't think my win would have been possible without the girls in the peloton like even though I couldn't see it while I was racing they did so much work for me and they were anything that tried to get away they were on it straight away closed it down brought it back just blocked everything from going up the road and like I say I don't think I would have been able to like we would have been able to keep it away if if the attacks kept coming and someone had bridged across because yeah different outcome different riders in in the breakaway you know who knows what would have happened but I'm so so grateful for them having been there and done all that work for me like it wouldn't have been possible. Did you watch the race back afterwards? (laughs) Um, Yes actually we did so when we got back, this was kind of the after party of um, of my win. So we got back, we showered, we saw some people, we came down for dinner. Um, we sat there for a bit. The others were eating like chicken and rice, their healthy stuff before the race. We'd order pizza. We had 10 pizzas between five people coming. Um, so we had that for dinner. We had a bottle of champagne from the hotel. Um, and then we went upstairs and we watched the race back. <laughs> like we sat there for two hours and watched the whole race but like that was how we celebrated we they had to leave the next morning for for their ferry home and we were packing our bags and everything like that so we were like well do we just want to watch the race you know so we all sat there as a as a four and just watched the race back and basically analyzed it and we were like could have done this different here here and here but it worked out how we did it anyway so it's just something for the future you know and I think it was really nice. I mean, yeah, party would have been nice, but this was also a very special way to celebrate mm. it. 
Just a couple of weeks later, you were racing cyclocross in Sweden. How did it feel to be back on the cross bike? Uh, it was awesome. I absolutely loved it. Um, and I was, I was in Sweden as well. And I've got a lot of fans in Sweden, obviously, with my dad being Swedish, me being half Swedish. Um, I had so many fans up there shouting for me in the races, coming to me after, asking for pictures, things like that. But just being back on the cross bike was quite nice. It gives me something else to do as well, a different discipline, change of scenery, everything like that. And yeah, I love cross, so it was really nice to be back. For the 2021-22 cross season, there were four, originally five, junior women's World Cup races. For all of the other races in Europe, the junior and 23 and elite women all raced together. How did it feel lining up for your first World Cup in Zonhoven and coming away with 20th place finish out of the best riders in the world? I mean, it was pretty crazy. I remember I was um, in the pen just before being gridded and they called my name. I rolled up to the start. And I was just rolling up behind like the, I think I was on third row or something like that. And I was like, right, which side do I pick? And I saw Celine Alvarado in the middle, one place next to her on the left, two people next to her on the right, and then one place. And I was in my head, I was like, I'm going next to her. I don't care if I get a bad start or whatever, I got to line up next to her. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And she said to me on the start line, she was like, congrats for Road Worlds, everything like that. And then I had, the worst start you could imagine but it was okay because I got to line up next to her so I mean for me that was pretty cool like it was a fangirl moment even <laughs> though I'm racing with her you know like I'm, I'm competing with her I'm battling with her um so yeah from that you can see that it's still pretty surreal and being on the start line with Voss, Lucinda, everyone like that it's like absolutely crazy and I spoke to Lucinda the other day and then I was like whoa this is pretty cool but yeah it's like again people my sister race with but for me it's like someone I fangirl over so uh, (laughs) I mean it's it's pretty awesome and the racing is so much fun as well the courses are so much fun I just absolutely love them. The following day in an incredible 10th at Rue de Vorda Super Prestige what an amazing opening weekend for you. (laughs) Yeah it was it was pretty awesome I mean, I went into that race. I've done it before a couple of times when I was newling in. And I love the course, but I've not had the best luck there, crashing a couple of times on the off camber and things like that. And I kind of went into it. I knew that the start is perfect for me because it's quite long. And then it's a couple of long sweeping corners. And I was quite high up when it came to the off camber. And everyone had to run it because the first riders got off and ran. And then everyone else behind had to run. So we were all off and running from... 20 meters beforehand and I remember riding into a couple of the top riders and and just in my head going oh no I've just ridden into this person like I can't remember who it was but yeah it was pretty surreal and I mean yeah I crashed into them but I'm up there battling for the top 10 so it's like I'm worthy of crashing into them because I'm fighting for the same positions that they are if that makes sense and then yeah it was like the sand pit is super crazy there because it's slightly uphill but if you get the right line and you're good in sand you can ride it to the top but every lap I managed to have either someone in front of me that got off and ran or I'd ride out of the line um, and every lap I'd end up messing it up but it was great fun and I had so much fun there this year. Your first ever European Cyclocross Championships in November and a stunning solo win Tell me about the course, the atmosphere and the race. 
so the course was probably one of my favorite courses of the season if I'm honest it was really hilly but it was perfect hills for how I ride like they were short and sharp and it wasn't too technical it wasn't not technical enough if that makes sense there was enough points where I was able to use my technical skills but also use my power to get away and yeah I just had so much fun it was really like it was awesome but I was like I went into it and going oh it's on on the Vanberg so I was like it's going to be super hard I'm going to struggle because it's straight up a hill but I think I still had form from road season then so I was lucky that I was able to get up the hills quite nicely Mm -hmm. And even though I hadn't done much cross, I hadn't done much cross racing, I was still had that little bit amount of technical, like enough amount of technical skill to get around it. Um, and then the crowds were, the crowds were really cool because there was lots of people, like not lots of people, but there was a small amount of people everywhere on the course. Mm-hmm. So I still had someone shouting for me at every point and it really pushed me along, especially on the one on the long downhill after the second pit before you start climbing back up there were so many people shouting down there and then on the climb as well because you run across um and it pushed it pushed me on so much and it was great fun am I right that you have a official fan club in Belgium oh it's being made official yeah they have an official Instagram page but it's basically being made official as we speak like over the coming weeks wow that's crazy it's like for for a non-Belgian rider it is such a big thing to have an official fan club in Belgium like someone like Stiba like if you if you have a fan club in Belgium and you're not Belgian it is like the biggest thing you could ever get it's I kid you not like it is such a big thing (laughs) wow your first chance to wear the European champs jersey was the first Junior World Cup race of the season in Tabor. How did you feel to be back there and to have another incredible win? Well, I mean, I knew the course from the year before when I won there. And I went into it being confident. I knew that I had form from the Euros. I had like I'd had a good week with my dad. We drove from Belgium to Czech Republic, which was like a 19-hour drive. No, less than that. I think it was 16 hours or something. Um, so we had the best drive and just drove for a bit, stopped, drove again, trained when we got there. Um, and yeah, like the week leading into it was perfect. Just had a great time. Had lots of fun, saw my friends. So I was happy in my head and I went into it. I knew that GB had got me kit made up um, ahead, of the, ahead of the World Cup the next, like on the weekend. And I arrived at the hotel with the national team and my kit arrived and it had Backstead written into the back of the jersey. And I just absolutely like I went crazy over it because it's such a cool thing to have. Like it's it's a pro thing to do if you've got your name in your kit. And yeah, it put me in a good place for the race on on the kind of remember Saturday or Sunday. But yeah, it was great fun. I loved the course. It had changed not that much. There was maybe one or two corners that were slightly different but if I'm honest everything was basically the same and again you had the long finish straight and that's where I managed to manage to put the time into Benfeld um, because I had that bit more power so it worked perfectly for me and yeah the outcome is the outcome. Tell me about racing at the iconic Coxider course. Oh <laughs> that was 
so I went into that one really really nervous because as a Brit we don't really train much sand because yeah you can go down the beach and ride but there's not really that many good places to train sand that I've found anyway near me um so I went into it not having done much sand riding sand training everything like that and I was super super nervous going into it and I got there and I rode some sand and yeah I wasn't the best at it like there's obviously riders that are better than me because they've been doing it for a lot longer but I went there and I had fun and it was like you say it's it's iconic it's it's cogside so I was like just having a great time having a great time with my teammates and everything like that and then when I was racing there were so many people on the sideline shouting and British people as well there were some Brits over there shouting for me um but I just had a great time it was it's a lot harder than you think as well because the sand is so soft it's really hard to ride in um and then there's so many sand corners and I crashed a couple of times a couple too many times as well um but I had fun and that's all that matters. A very different course for the Boom Super Prestige and a ninth place in the elite race. You must have been feeling so happy with how your cross season was going. Um, yeah, that was a pretty special day, if I'm honest. I remember it was in December. I can't remember what date in December, but I woke up that morning and I had my advent calendar and I had a salty caramel chocolate in it. And I said to my dad that morning, I said, today is going to be a good day because I had a salted caramel chocolate in my advent calendar and I got nine and I was like it's literally it's so true I and yeah just a great day and that course was <laughs> it was so slippery it was so crazy um but yeah it was the one probably one of the only races where I raced in the long sleeve well I raced with arm was on that day um but one of the only races I had long arms on um, it was raining all day, all morning, all afternoon, until the men's race, then it stopped, obviously. Um, <laughs> but I had second row start, had the best line into the first corner. I was battling with Lucinda through the second and third corners, and then she dropped me. Um, but it was it was weird. It was hilly, and there was so much running up the one hill, um, and then that the iconic downhill as well um into the right hand corner called me out a couple of times I had a bit of a slide out there as just like you can see on my Instagram in that series of pictures um but yeah I had so much fun and it was absolutely chucking it down all day but it was it made the course so much better I think we were so excited to watch you race the Etias Cross in Essen you had an amazing ride and took your first televised elite win in Belgium Tell me how that felt. That was pretty surreal. Um, I went into it knowing I had a chance of winning it. I didn't like I didn't go into it knowing that I would win because obviously Anna Kay was there and Laura Vodonska, I think, got third. And there was a couple of other good riders that I was like, I don't know, like anything can happen here. And I kind of just took it as it came and I had, like I say, I had fun again. It's just something I always come back to saying, but um, the course was like 80% running, 20% riding. And I used to do a load of cross country in school. So that really helped me out there. Um, but yeah, it was like running with the bike in such deep mud, but it was so much fun. And had my dad in the pits shouting for me, my mechanic in the pits shouting for me, giving me time gaps. Um, 
and yeah my whole team was there and every lap apparently can't remember this is just something I do I would go across the line look at my watch and push my glasses back on my face but yeah it was absolutely awesome and probably one of the harder races of the season mainly because of the amount of mud like in boom like just so much mud but yeah like I went out in course practice in the morning half of the like 50% of the course was rideable and then I got to the race and you know like all the switchbacks they had at the start mm-hmm. course practice I could ride them in the race couldn't even run them <laughs> so goes to show how much it changes having had two three races on me beforehand so you had a lot of battles with Santa Camp this season <laughs> how was it racing against someone that you sort of watched racing cross and being up the top as a younger rider? Well, I mean, she's multiple world champ, isn't she? So for me, it was pretty crazy at the start. I did um, my first cross race was the weekend after Road Worlds and I got second and I was battling with her and I was just like, this is, this is just crazy. Like I shouldn't be this high up. I shouldn't be here. And there's been a couple of times in further races where, I've uh, <laughs> I've made her get a bit annoyed at me for I don't even know what I did but anyway there was like in Sydney class it was I was riding round and she got annoyed at me for something and I was just like I don't know what I've done but um, <laughs> I mean it's racing isn't it she's fighting for positions I'm fighting for positions we all get a bit a bit annoyed with each other but yeah it's great because I learned so much from her I remember riding behind her in the off campus there. And I'm like taking my line and just going like five seconds slower. And then I watch her and she's just up the road drifting away. Um, and then I catch back up to her. And then the next lap, I'll try and follow her line. Um, so it's like even mid-race, I'm learning so much from from someone like her. So after Essen, it was the Namor World Cup and another junior women's win. Tell me about that race. Um, Namur. I mean, that's another iconic course. Um, it was really strange because I'd been out the day before and I'd ridden the course and everything was perfect. I'd been out with Kate Wellens and did course practice and he was taking me through everything. He was like, look, don't go too fast down the descent. It's better to go that little bit slower and stay upright than to go that little bit faster and crash. You're just going to play it safe, know your limits and everything and I managed to puncture in course practice the day before and I was like oh that's not great because I'll need that tyre for tomorrow but dad managed to fix it with sealant um, and I ended up going out in the morning of, of the race as well and there's the one downhill to the cobbles that the day before there was a couple of lines that you could take going down it it wasn't too slippery there hadn't been too many people out on it because most people are in the later races, so they'll just go out on course practice and on the Sunday morning anyway. But yeah, that was probably the main part of the course where where things mattered, the like the off-camber section. And then just before you go up to the finish, I don't really know how to explain it. There's like a run-up and then you get on at the top and then you go back down. That's a really big factor on the course. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's an uphill start. And I went, I was maybe second or third at the top I think um which is perfect positioning the there was enough room on the downhill for me to pass people if I needed to if they crashed whatever like to give enough room as well and then I got into like the more climbing section if that makes sense and I was just 
taking my own lines going past people there and just trying to get my way to the front so I could control it and yeah just played my own race just rode it how I wanted to ride it um so that I could ride to the best I could and yeah it all worked out great in the end and I just kept pushing up all the climbs I knew that the the main climb was not too long but not too short I could go out the saddle for as long as possible and then just up the bridge um to over the top kick again going over that because it's like super steep and most people will sit down and try and try and ride up that and then just playing it playing it safe on the last lap trying to avoid any rocks trying to avoid puncturing crashing Mm -hmm. everything like that and just I got round and yeah I won happy times a boxing day win at the Dendermonda World Cup made it three out of three in the junior series you followed this with a 17th at the Zolder Prestige and a 14th at Leeuwenhout. What's it like racing cross in Belgium over the Christmas and New Year period? So Christmas in Belgium for cross is the coolest thing you could imagine. I'd say to anyone that's looking to do cyclocross, go out over Christmas. As like as weird as it sounds to be racing your bike on Boxing Day, like it's just what everyone does. If you want to be a cross rider, that's that's what you've got to be doing, you know. And it's just great fun because there's so many races within such a short period of time. It's like two days racing, one day rest, two days racing, one day rest for like a week and a half. Absolutely awesome. Um, and you'll find some riders will sit out a couple of races. Um, so let's say if someone's focusing on the X2O series, they'll sit out the Super Prestige so that they can focus on the X2O. So it's like you have different riders in for different races. But if you're like, for me, like just being a junior rider, you tend to just try and hit everything as much mm-hmm. as you can because there's nothing better you can do than racing. Like for me this season, the more races I did, the better I was. Like I'd go good on a Saturday, but then if I raced on the Sunday as well, I'd be absolutely flying. So it was like if I wanted to do well, I'd have to have a Saturday and Sunday race or I'd have mm-hmm. to have a harder day on Saturday if I was just racing Sunday or hard day on Friday if I was just race, racing Saturday. So yeah, Christmas period absolutely the best time and when we, if if we've got spectators as well just makes it so much more fun we were planning to actually go out and watch some of the racing but because of the covid situation we couldn't but it was still really cool watching all of the races over that time yeah one race that you need to go to if if you really want to experience some good cross Deegan super prestige it usually is that is because it's a night race it's usually got yeah best crowds everything music racing everything's just like extra special because it's at night it was such a shame that it was cancelled this cross season yeah I was planning on doing it but I mean it kind of worked out okay because I was getting a bit tired towards the end of the the (laughs) Christmas period I was really looking forward to seeing you race with the elites at the British national champs in early January but unfortunately you were ill with Covid Tell me about how you were feeling. Um, so at first, like I was so upset when I first saw that I was positive. I was on the turbo doing a session and I didn't feel right. So I took a test. Um, I was negative in the morning. And then in the afternoon, I was on the bike. I was like, don't quite feel right. I'm just going to take a test. Took a test. 10 minutes later, still negative, nothing. Another 10 minutes go by, positive and I was on the turbo and I got brought the test and I looked at it and I just burst out crying but like I was 
crying so hard like it was I've not cried like that in a long time um because like nationals I was racing the elite race like it meant so much to me and I knew I had a chance of winning it as well because I've beaten Hattie in a couple of races I've beaten Alan in a fair few races this season and Crawley suits me really like it suits me so much and it was meant to rain and everything like that and just the way the course turned out it was perfect for me and I really feel like I could have at least podiumed there you know um so yeah I basically cried when I tested positive and then I spent a couple of days lying on the sofa with the rest of my family because they were all positive too um we watched some movies you know just spent a bit of time reflecting on the season so far what was to come how we get back on the bike safely and not um affect our hearts long term if that makes sense um and then we yeah we sat down and watched nationals and it was hard for me to watch the racing but I knew that this was what was meant to happen and you know everything happens for a reason so it is what it is you made the decision to stay at home and rest and recover rather than going out to the final junior world cup round it must have been really hard to try and make that decision yeah that was if I'm honest that was probably harder than making the decision to or posting that I wasn't able to ride nationals you know um because I had the I had the overall tied up it was like I could finish if um the Dutch girl won I could finish something like 17th and I'd still win the overall like it was like something that's just not realistically going to happen unless I have a crash or a mechanical or something like that you know so and for that by then I was negative as well so I could have gone but it was the risk of going too hard too soon and yeah making myself worse if that makes sense so yeah it really sucked not being able to race that one and what what was the worst for me what hurt me the most is that initially it was five rounds and four rounds counted but they cut one round out because of covid and that was four rounds and four rounds counted not three and it was the fourth round like there's no room for error if it's four out of four you know like you can't get COVID and still be able to race for the overall. Like you have to do them all. And that was, that was the one thing that, yeah, made me very angry, let's say. Um, But it's in the past now and I can't, I can't do anything about it. So yeah. (laughs) I don't think that's very fair that they did that. I know. Same. Don't worry. (laughs) So let's talk about America and the Cyclocross World Championships. How did you feel the first time that you got to ride the course? Um, so I've, when did I first ride it? I raced on the Saturday. I first actually, I first rode it on the Friday. Um, absolutely. If I'm honest, I didn't like it that much. Um, the, the first descent after, or the main descent, let's say, it was really slippery, loads of like mud, but not many ruts around the corners. So you couldn't just like slide into it and it would take you around. You'd have to actually like find your own line around it. And first of all, I did two laps and I was like, look, I really don't like this, but I'm going to have to just do my best and just, again, play it safe on the descent, not crash and just everything will be all right. And then did another couple of laps, did a lap hard and did a couple of sections over again. And I actually ended up liking it a bit more, Um, had a bit of sense talked into me. And (laughs) I think I was just a little bit nervous in my head. So I was just trying to talk myself down. But yeah. Once I'd spoken to a couple of people, I was, I absolutely loved it. And then I went out the morning of the race 
and it was completely frozen on the ground. I think it was maybe zero when we went out and the ground was frozen, but it put so much more grip into the descent that it was like perfect. And I said, if the conditions stay like this until the race, bearing in mind I had another two hours until my race, I was like, if it stays like this, it'll be perfect. Everything will be sorted. And it got a little bit softer, but not too much. So like I say, ideal conditions for me, there was that just about enough grip on the descent for me to be able to get get down safely, quickly, everything like that. Um, and then everything else kind of suited me as well. It wasn't too technical. It wasn't, like I say, not technical enough as well. So it was perfect. You had an amazing ride winning with a huge gap over second. Tell me about how you felt crossing the finish line. Um, so it was some, when I sunk in for, for me was when I went past the pits on the last lap. I had Jan Tormans there um, and my mechanic and my dad in the pits. And I kind of saw them and they were all smiling and shouting and everything. And I, I just, I went past and I smiled and I was like, this is crazy. Double world champ, you know. Um, kept pushing until the finish because I still knew that it was like, a good 30 seconds from there to the finish because it had the long section and then the long run into the finish but um the whole finish straight I had people shouting for me British flags everywhere shouting my name everything like that and I crossed the line and then I saw my coach at the end and I was just like this is just absolutely crazy like I I knew I knew inside me that I had I had it in me to win and I won and I was just like just such a good end to the season you know we were all screaming at the TV <laughs> when you got the finish line. Oh, bless. That's cute. I appreciate it. How did it feel to get your second rainbow jersey in six months? Um, it was a pretty crazy feeling. It was, if I'm honest, it was completely different to the road race because there was a lot, a lot less media attention to the crossworlds, if I'm honest, because I don't really know. It was just, it was in America and it was just different. Like I obviously experienced all the press and everything like that to do with winning worlds. And I came back from the cross when I was like, there was actually surprisingly a lot less, which was quite nice because it meant that I could enjoy it a bit more after the race, like as like once I'd finished to getting back to the camper and changing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I had that time to just sit down for five and realize that I'd won cross worlds and I was double world champ and, once it sunk in fully, it was, yeah, I didn't stop smiling at all that day. How did you celebrate your win? Um, so the team boss, Jan Tormans, took us out for dinner. Um, we went to a, a nice restaurant, uh, like an Italian restaurant. can't remember what I, I had a steak. Oh, it was so good. And we were in this restaurant and he stands up and gives a speech and the whole restaurant turns around and starts looking at us. Um, and then I stand up and he gives me a team jersey that world's jersey that he'd made up um and then there's other people in the restaurant they were they were like oh my gosh is that Zoe Baxter and I was like yeah and they're like can I have a picture can I have a picture (laughs) um so I just we celebrated with the team and uh just had a good time and it was really nice did you watch the other races on Sunday yeah I did we were there I was there from I think it was like eight o'clock when Nathan wanted to be at the course so he could go out on course practice until after maybe an hour after the elite men had finished. So I was the whole day watching the racing. 
So the weekend after Worlds, you got to wear the rainbow stripes and you had a win in them at the little X-Tro. It must have felt amazing to be able to race in the World Champs jersey. Yeah, it was it was so special. Um, and it ended up being the only race I was able to wear them in. And I was so I was going to finish my season after Cross Worlds and just, yeah, call it a day because I was I'd had a long season and everything like that. But I was so glad I went on and did the extra weekends because um, that race where I got to wear the rainbow stripes, it was so cool. There was so many people looking at my bike, looking at my kit and it was just super fun. We raced at stupid o'clock in the morning. It was like half past nine, ten o'clock we started and it was still dark when we were on the start line, um, which made it super cool because people like taking pictures and the white just stands out um, and everything like that. And racing in the rain, that was a, a shock to the system after being in America in the sun, like the Sunday of the elite race, I was standing around in shorts and t-shirt. Um, so it was a bit of a shock being back in the rain, but it was super fun. And I loved the course there and everything just worked out perfectly. I had a great time. You did four more elite cyclocross races at the end of the season, but obviously you didn't get to wear your World Champs jersey for them. How would you describe your cross season and being part of tournaments? Um, how would I describe it? Cross season, I'd describe it as I had a lot of ups, some downs, but I had a lot of fun. And tournaments is like a family to me and we all have a great time with each other so it really made the cross season so much more special so when I spoke to you back in 2020 you said your favorite current rider was Mariana Voss has that changed after racing with all of the elites this season not a single bit she is still straight up my favorite rider like she does everything and she's great at everything like I just want to be like her and she's an inspiration and yeah just everything Mariana Voss love it <laughs> what's been your favorite course this season um that would probably be Gavra which is where I got fourth um it was the second weekend after Worlds on the Saturday that was probably my favorite course it was it was not slippery but it was slippery and it was just everything about it just suited me I had a great day what about your favorite race of this season um probably my favourite race, uh, Dendermond World Cup. That was a pretty special race because somehow, I have no idea how, I managed to pull out a minute in the first lap and I still have no clue how I did it because it's not televised, so I can't see any of the racing, can't watch how it, how it happened. Um, but yeah, that or Worlds. Worlds was great fun because I had people shouting for me all around the course. And yeah, absolutely loved it. What do you have planned for 2022? First of all, off-season now, um, and then I'm trying to get away somewhere on the training camp, maybe Lanzarote if I can get booked somewhere. Um, and then the first road race is Gentwell again, which is on the 27th of March. And then plans are to just do some Nations Cups on the road. Um, I've taken track out of my programme, so I'm not doing that anymore. So it's just full focus on the road season and getting myself um, prepared for the cross-season next year. That must have been a big decision to take track out of your programme. Yeah, it took, it's taken me a fair few months and I kind of got, I've got my programme sent through for 
this coming season on the road and track and I looked at it and there was two or three months where I was just racing and racing and racing mm-hmm. and there was no time for me to train prepare for worlds take a break so I can I can get myself ready for cross season and get myself ready for first year 23 on the road so I was like like I looked at it and my dad goes I can see on your face that it, like you're not happy right now and I was I was like yeah it's too much and it kind of took it took me a couple of couple of weeks couple of months I was like I want to do it but I don't want to do it because I prefer to go here or I prefer to do this race or this or this or this and then I just decided I was like it's not worth me doing and everyone has supported me through it so far so yeah Mm. I think that seems like a good decision because obviously you're still so young and you don't want to put too much pressure on loads of racing when you're still like only a junior in the road and stuff yeah exactly well thank you so much for joining me today Zoe thanks for having me again (laughs) it's been great fun (laughs) Zoe has achieved so much since I last spoke to her and I can't wait to see what she achieves in the rainbow stripes this road season you can listen to more cycling life stories by checking out the other episodes of cycling talk podcast And you can find the podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the GCN app and any social media platform. See you on the bike.